Ira Windman on the NBA joins us now. Ira, welcome. How are you? I am doing good and are waiting for tonight's lottery and seeing how the league landscape might change. It might change a little bit. I, I have a feeling, Ira, I don't know why, but <laughs> I, maybe it's Clyde, but I have a feeling that it, the Knicks, something good's going to happen for the Knicks tonight. I just got a feeling they're going to move up at, at least into the top three tonight. I just got, I just got a feeling. Well, I mean, the whole thing, Mike, is you only can move to the top three. Those are the random and weighted. So if someone else pushes ahead of them, they move down. So basically, their situation tonight is they can go one, two, or three, yep. or else they can't be better right, than so I seven. Think, right, but I think they're going to get – for some reason, I think they're going to be one, two, or three. I'm not saying one. I just think they're going to somehow land in the top three tonight. And then we're going to have to deal with frozen envelopes all over again, you know, way yep. after the fact. I mean, the one thing, and I want to tell everyone out there, I know, Mike, you know there have been all these stories over the years. People love a good sure. conspiracy theory. Yep. There is so much going on at the lottery that makes it impossible, including those who believe in conspiracy. The NBA will put on their website, as soon as the lottery is over, the actual drawing. They have security people there. They have people from an accounting firm that's not going to risk its reputation on something like the lottery. The actual lottery machine and balls are built by the same people who do Powerball and state lotteries. So whatever happens, I know there'll be the theories after the fact because that's sure, they where love they live. that stuff. They love that stuff. Absolutely. You know, people but, like a good conspiracy. Yeah, and, and I'm sure there'll be something coming out of it if the Knicks wind up with a pick. But the, it, it's a difference maker because where the Knicks are weak and need help, if they get a, this is a point guard draft, yep, Mike, and if they get a, a Markel Fultz yep. or Alonzo Ball, it, it, it's a game changer for them, and might even be a game changer with the Carmelo situation, where it'll make them more of a win now kind of team than when honestly, where your draft, if they wind up at some somewhere like seven, where they are, yeah, they can get a nice player like Malik Monk or Jonathan Isaac or something like that, but not the kind of player that immediately changes their outlook in the draft. So there's a bunch of teams tonight that if they make that move, I think is a game-changer. But, Mike, to me, the game-changer tonight is Boston. Everyone forgets that Boston not only is in the lottery because of Brooklyn's pick, they're at the top of the lottery. Yep. They can't leave with less than number four, and I still believe if Boston gets a prime pick, the first thing they're going to do after they're done with the playoffs is pick up the phone, call the Chicago Bulls, and go, is Jimmy Butler still on the table? All right, now let's get to the uh, the games, first of all. Um, listen, San Antonio was in great shape for game one. Uh, I didn't think it was a dirty play. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it, it was a freaky play. I, I was surprised. I mean, Leonard didn't think so. Pop obviously was upset. But the bottom line is they would have won that game. They really would have. And they almost won it. If they had got one of those two rebounds, they might have won game one, and it would have made it at least a more interesting series. Yeah, no, they made plays at the end, and Ginobili did what he could do. You know, and it was just a, a miss-or-make situation at the end that they survived the Kawhi injury. Remember, a lot of people are pointing to that play, Mike, but as you know, he missed the previous game with an ankle. About two minutes before he was lost for the game, yep. he again sprained the ankle. Yep. So there was a pre-existing injury, as the insurance people might say anyway. You know what it was by Petrulia? It was a clumsy, awkward play when a big man goes out to challenge a shot. But I've seen guys like Bruce Bowen and others undercut guys and make them think twice about rising for a shot. That's not what that was. That was so a either. clumsy, awkward play that happens that you see guys like him, guys I remember like Jamal McGlure, Big Cat, people like that. That's what happens with big guys when they get in situations like that. And again, and I know everyone is 
have spoken about it. Remember, Greg Popovich had Bruce Bowen. No one stepped into sort of someone's landing halo as much as Bruce Bowen. You know, it's almost like a fair catch in the NFL yep. where you don't give guy room. This wasn't that case. Bruce Bowen would very much make shooters think twice. I think that's the difference. You know what's the one thing that is an issue for Golden State? And it'll be interesting to see as they win this series, uh, and probably in short order, if they rectify it, is the way it works out with Curry and Durant, it is very hard for Thompson to get in the flow of the mm-hmm. offense on this team. It's very difficult, and it's actually like they're not getting – he'll help them on defense, he'll make some plays, but they're not getting the real Thompson because he feels – I don't know if he feels like he has to defer or it's his job to defer, but Curry's going to do what he does. Durant's going to do what he does, but Thompson has gotten lost in the shuffle and he's not being effective in their offense. And, Mike, that happens every example of the big three we've seen in recent years. Think about the Heat. Chris Bosh was never the same player he was in Toronto. Think about what's going on and had gone on in Cleveland. Kevin Love is not the same player that he was in Minnesota. The difference with the Celtics' big three is Kevin Garnett didn't need to score. Neither really did Rondo either, if you want to expand that to a big four. You have to find the right big three chemistry. What the Warriors are doing right Right now is a big three of scorers. That's a tough way to make it work. And I, I agree with you, Mike. I wonder if Clay Thompson says, hey, wait a minute. I see where this thing is headed. And it's always going to be one in one A with Steph and with, you know, with, with Durant. Maybe I need to move somewhere else. I thought that was open at the start of the season. I think if, if Golden State wants to go more for a true center, it could happen again. But yeah, he's, he's not the same player. He's the guy who's having to give up the most. Absolutely. All right, what do you think uh, the uh, the uh, Cavs uh, have been installed as five to one favorites, which is an extremely heavy favorite, especially for someone that doesn't have home home court. Uh, but uh, how how successful or how much do you think the Celtics can push the Cavs here? I don't know if I'd go as far as even the word push. I mean, when I talk to people around the NBA today, our only debate is whether it's going to go five or six games. I mean, I haven't talked to anyone who says that what they've seen from the Celtics, a team that could not win on the road against Washington, that found a way to lose twice to that Chicago Bulls team, can compete with Cleveland. I don't see it. I don't know. Maybe Cleveland comes in and talks about rust or something like that, or maybe the adrenaline kicks in for the Celtics for one more game game, but I think the Cavs have learned a really good lesson, and LeBron has, that because you see injuries elsewhere, like Kawhi Leonard, you get these, ga- these series done in a hurry. I- I- I'm almost wondering what the odds would be on anything more than a five-game series. I think that's the bet. I think the interesting bet is over under five games. I would go I five. I would yeah, go I five. Think, and I'll tell you right, this, think, to have any interest in this series, Celtics have to win game one. They're going to be on nine days rest, Cleveland. Celtics have to win game one. If not, it takes all the interest out of that series if they lose game one. Sort of like what happened with the Golden State game. Obviously, completely different circumstances. I, you know, I, I don't want to be condescending, Mike, but here's my problem with the Celtics. And, and I actually spoke to some people about this today. I said, okay, we know Isaiah Thomas is the best player on that team, without question. And I started asking people, who's the second best player on that team? And, and the point I'm trying to make is this. 
people did not automatically say Al Horford. And to me, Mike, that's troubling because he has to be the number two guy. And I've spoken to you about this also this year about LaMarcus Aldridge with the Spurs. That when I tell people, hey, Kawhi Leonard's the best player on the Spurs, who's the second best player? And the same situation, people don't automatically say LaMarcus Aldridge. It has to be. Exactly, and that's the lesson of all these contracts. I'm a max player. No, I'm a max player. Well, Al Horford's not playing like a max player. And and even though Aldridge stepped up in the game in Houston, he hasn't been a max player through the playoffs. That's my problem right now. When I talk to you, matter of fact, I'm going to ask you the question. Mike, okay, LeBron James is the best player on the Cavaliers. Who's the second best player on the Cavaliers? Not even a question, Irving. All right, Kyrie Irving, exactly. He comes right to the tip of your tongue. Yep. You don't pause. You don't stop and think, that's the difference. We can do the same game with the Warriors. If sure. I say Durant, then you'll say Curry. If yeah. I say Curry, you'll say Durant. That's how you build a team. When you have a one, a two, and then a three need be, like the Warriors are working out right now, that Celtics team is a nice little team. That Celtics team is a team built for the future. They are one of those glad-to-be-here kind of teams. All right, let me ask you about this, because I brought this up yesterday, and I wondered what the hierarchy of the NBA thinks, uh, especially at this important time for them. And it's been obviously a lackluster playoffs for them so far. Yeah. With They're going to get the payoff in the finals. But um, how do you think the league feels about Popovich? Forget his politics. Forget which side he comes off on. But sports is supposed to be a release, and it's supposed to be where you yeah. escape. And you want everyone to be a fan, no matter what their politics are. How do you think they feel about Popovich using his pulpit six different times to attack the president as vociferously as he has? Well, on one hand, Mike, we know that this league has, has tried to make itself a progressive league. We know that, for example, they moved the All-Star game from Charlotte and North Carolina because of their right. transgender law. So, so they have stepped into it. So you can step back out of it once you get involved there. And I think it's the case with Pop where he's not looking to have it as an issue, but people know because he's such a bright guy, because of his military experience, having attended the Air Force Academy, that they feel comfortable asking him those questions. So what do I think the league feels? The league is, I think, I agree with you. And I I think that way also. I have my very strong political opinions, but I know this is the one place that people can get relief and just have a little bit of fun. Yeah, you want everyone to be a fan. You don't want to, you don't, you're not trying to in any way alienate anybody if you're the NBA. You don't, you, you want everyone to botch the games. You know, it's the old Michael Jordan, you know, even Republicans buy sneakers. We right. all remember those kind of comments. Right. I think it puts the league in a tough spot, but I think this league has said from the get-go, we're the progressive league. I think the NBA would have handled Colin Kaepernick much differently than Roger Goodell in football did. They're very good about that. They quiet their people up pretty well. That's the difference there with political statements. So, so on one hand, this league will never say anything, either publicly or privately, to Popovich because they've stepped into the political forum. But on the other hand, yeah, I think they're saying exactly what you're saying. They are going to have a celebration of the NBA, a carnival of basketball when the Cavaliers meet the Warriors again. And the last thing they want is something like that to come up. That doesn't mean there's no place for it. It just means in the moment. So I don't think Adam Silver talks to Greg, to Greg Popovich about it. 
But I think, yes, there is a certain amount of cringing that this is the escape. And Lord knows, Mike, when you go through your cable channels and through your CNNs and MSNBC and Fox News, this is the refuge. I absolutely agree with you. So I think, I think subtly and quietly, when you're getting a billion dollars from someone for your television contract, yeah, I agree with you. I think the NBA would prefer if that didn't become the story on the off day. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, let's say Steve Kerr's back for the final. You don't want to see Steve Kerr go off on a political tangent at the NBA Finals. You know, and and he's gone off a bunch of times this year, too. You know, and the good PR people, and I don't mean this in a bad way, because, again, everyone has a right to speak their voice, but I get this all the time when I've covered the teams and covered LeBron. Someone will step up before and go, guys, basketball questions only. And you know what? At certain times, I think that's fine also, because I want to escape for these next three hours and enjoy the silliness of throwing a, cir- uh, throwing a ball through a circle, that it could be that simple. And even people like Pop and everyone else have said the same thing, you know, that this isn't life or death, that it's just a game and you move on and that's just it. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a good point you're making and that's a point the NBA would like to, and I would not be offended in a group setting where you know the cameras are running, if someone stepped up at the beginning and said, guys, basketball questions only. Because you know what? It is just a silly little game, but let it be just a silly little game. And it is, and that's what everyone's looking for is a little uh, entertainment, and obviously they're going to have to wait to the finals to get any drama this year. It's going to be interesting to see if the finals can be compelling enough to make up for what has been a very bad postseason for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I am shocked because I know you get the same releases as I do, whether it's from Disney and ESPN or from Turner, about how the playoffs are up year to year. You know how those numbers could be yep. finagled anyway. Yep. But that's all I've been getting is year to year, this game, this time frame, in the Saturday late slot, the Sunday early slot, the numbers are up. So obviously there's a thirst and, and a hunger for the sport, which shocks the heck out of me because except for Sunday, which was unbelievably compelling, you know, most of these games. You've had a few good ones last night, pretty good also. It's, 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 we're just waiting for this. But, Mike, there's a downside to this. And you know because you've dealt with this in baseball for years. The season is going to be over. The Cavaliers and Warriors will be coming off probably, I think, a compelling series. But what are the other 28 teams going to think in the offseason about their chances? Are they, is that a good thing for most of the league when for three straight years, I know you lived through it with the Lakers and the Celtics and those great yep. rivalries over those years. I don't think it's good for the sports when 28 teams are going to go in the offseason and go, is there really a way for this to change next season either? We know Curry and Durant are going to re-sign with the Warriors. We know LeBron and Irving and Love are already under contract. I think this is – I know people tired of this kind of stuff also – I think it's bad for sports. I think when you have the same thing over and over and over again, your league has to be about more than two weeks. And I'll tell you right away, Mike, you'll talk about this. Some sports book will immediately after the finals come out with a championship favorite for next year. And I think you'd agree the top two teams in next year's line will automatically be the Cavaliers and Warriors again. Same thing over and over and over. In closing, and we're talking to Iowa Windham about the NBA, Bill Simmons at four, um, has anybody who had an MVP type season ever taken a worse postseason hit than Harden took in the last overtime and then the last game in his series? I mean, how do you even explain his performance 
in, in that last game. You know, the only thing I could think of was when LeBron joined the Heat and they had the big three and they absolutely collapsed at the end against Dirk Nowitzki and mocking Dirk Nowitzki's cold and really sort of, you know, tail between their legs having to exit stage right. So there was a little of it. And then Rick Carlisle going on the podium and saying we played the right way, as in sharing the ball versus a big three. But, you know, the problem is this, Mike. On, on, on fr- before Friday's games, they're going to announce the, free, the three finalists for all the NBA's postseason awards. That show is June 26. So they're going to let us know the three finalists for MVP. There's a very good chance those three finalists are going to be Westbrook, who went out in the first round, Harden, who went out in that hideous finale, and most likely I think Kawhi Leonard could sneak into number three. How bad of a look is that going to be for the Heat? That until June 26th when they name, rather for the, how bad is it going to be for the league? That until June 26th when they name the MVP, LeBron James's name is not going to be there. And I think now if they're going to have a postseason award show, they're going to have to start including the playoffs. And that would be smart anyway. And and it just shows you how ridiculous the award is anyway that LeBron isn't mentioned in 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 the grouping. But and and again, but how about taking a hit? I mean, how? I mean, you know, people. I mean. Obviously, you're waiting to hear there was something going on. There was something. I mean, what the heck is that kind of? Whoever had a game like that on his home court, he killed him in Game Five in the overtime. He cost him the overtime with four turnovers. But worse than that, to not show up to be invisible in Game Six. You know, we've had those Kobe games where he's criticized for shooting too much and he doesn't shoot at all the next game. We've seen those. We've witnessed those kind of games. What's bothering me, Mike, on this whole thing is this: this this whole thing about oh, they should have rested him more. He should have had. more rest. What a bunch of BS. Are you telling me that if James Harden sat out two more games in December, he would have been fresher for that game? That's a bunch of malarkey right there about the rest. He just, you know, you talk about, I hate sounding these cliche kind of things, but you talk about that gene to rise to the moment. Yeah, I'm almost hoping, and again, I I don't wish poorly upon anyone, that we find out that there was an injury, there was something. I'm like you, Mike. I want to grab onto a reason. He had an illness. Unfortunately, someone in his family he was going through something. He had a traumatic event. And then I'd say to myself, okay, that makes sense. I can see it. But until I have something tangible to reach upon, I'm like, my God, what did I just witness? Really unbelievable. All right, enjoy. We'll talk uh, next week. Thanks very much. Catch you next week. Thank All you. All right. Uh, Bill Simmons coming up at four. That's Ira back after this.